I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong. Yes, the show where two best friends read books together and practice self-care as an act of political warfare. This season, our book is Burnout by Emily Nagoski, PhD, and Amelia Nagoski, DMA. I'm researcher Dr. Kelly Jones. And I'm story expert Lonnie Diane Rich. The reading we'll be discussing today is Chapter 7, What Makes You Stronger. Next week's reading is Chapter 8, Grow Mighty. Go to chipperish.com and look under Big Strong Yes to find our complete schedule or look in your show notes to find the link. All right. Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to say uh, thank you so much to both you and Noelle for covering for me last week. Of course. Um, It was wonderful. And Noelle made me cry. And now I know what it's like to be on the outside of BSY. And it is an experience as a listener. I have to say that it was like really incredibly powerful. I also really like the connection chapter that you guys talked about. That whole, um, you know, who holds you when you cry cry thing like damn that that <laughs> shot me straight through the chest um but it was wonderful to hear you guys talking and you're two of my favorite most beloved people um so it was really really fun for me and I just wanted to say thank you so much for, oh you're welcome to you and I'm, Noelle for I'm covering. so glad yeah Noelle took on a lot and was fantastic um yeah but yeah I'm glad it was a good listening experience for you and welcome yeah. back Thank you. Thank you so much. I had to, uh, some of you may know this, but I had to uh, bury my mother suddenly. Like, okay, my mother died last October. So like that happened. And then I had her ashes and they were just in my garage. And then I would go to work and I'd be like, hey, Joyce, you know, or whatever. (laughs) I guess I wasn't (laughs) going to work this week when I would go into the garage for whatever reason. Um, and then, uh, and then I accidentally, like, I ordered this tree urn, and I was going to mm-hmm. plant in the spring, and I had this plan that I've had for years, because she's been failing for years, and this wonderful place that has all this meaning to her, and I got permission to plant her tree there, and it was this whole thing, and I was going to do it in June. And then I screwed it all up, because I thought there was a seed in the tree urn, but there isn't. What they do is they send you a live plant, a live tree sapling, and uh-huh. then you have to plant that, like, immediately. So I was like, oh, damn, they sent me this thing. And I could have ordered another one, but then that one would have died. And I would have had really conflicted feelings about killing the tree that, you know, this whole thing. So um, so I decided I was going to go down and do it at the last minute. And I didn't want to, like, screw up the schedule. So I asked you to cover for me on Still Pretty and then Noelle covered for me on BSY. And I got to have this whole experience of, you know, burying my mother on Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. Which yeah. was a thing. That's a thing, so. baby. Yeah. yeah. How are, how are was... you doing? Like, that was a lot. Oh, I'm fine. I'm always fine. <laughs> 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 you know me. No, I mean, I think, like, it was it was definitely um, an experience. I, on the drive down, it was a three and a half hours away where I grew up from where I am now. And mm-hmm. um, so I went, you know, I drove down. I decided that I wanted to do it by myself. Um, and, uh, so I, I drove down and, um, she was in the, the, the back of the car. <laughs> yeah. So I just talked to her and I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is our chance to settle some things. So we had a nice discussion. Um, and, uh, I brought her down and I left her there and she is now a lilac tree 
in a very beautiful place. Yes, yeah. you did such yeah. a beautiful thing. Like it's it's Aww. it's just absolutely lovely. Thank you. I think it was, you know, it was nice. It was appropriate. It was meaningful for her. She really liked trees. Um, yeah. So I thought that it was a, it was a good thing to do. And um, and you know, and I've told my kids that like you can do that with me and plant me as a tree if you want to go visit it, or you can toss me in the landfill. I don't care. Like I don't care what you do with me when I'm gone. I'm gone. You know. And all the kids, and the kids are always like, "Mom, shut up. We don't want to talk about that." And I'm like, Aww. "I'm gonna croak someday." But anyway, um, I just don't want them to feel whatever they do I want it to be for them is what I told them you know and this was something that I I did definitely for me you know yeah but at the same time that I was doing that for me it was also something that I could uh, my mother was a complicated woman with a lot of problems um, Mm -hmm. but I could make something beautiful out of what had been complicated you know that this is a beautiful tree that is going to be in this place and it's going to smell lovely every spring and um and every mother's day it'll be blooming over the the people who go to this meeting house and so yeah it was it was you know it was it was good it was good so moving on (laughs) how how are you doing how was your week Oh, it's fine. I'm like, has it been a week? Has it? What has is it time? Been, yeah. Has it what been? Is time? Has it been six months since <laughs> I last recorded? Has it been six hours? <laughs> I am fairly sure today is Saturday, yeah. but I would not mm-hmm. put money on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was staying with me for a couple of weeks, which was great. Mm-hmm. Got to hang out with him, which was lovely. But there's like that weird dissonance of like, okay, now I'm mom yeah. again, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's yeah. so it's, I mean, it's, it's great, but it's just mm-hmm. weird to kind of be yeah. like shifting back modes. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really good to get to see him. And, uh, and my cat is completely in love with him. And of course, like to the point of rubbing it in my face, like climbing over me <laughs> to get to him and then glaring at me like this yeah. is my this is my favorite um which is kind right. of hilarious so oh um, how's Calliope doing because she was at the vet yeah she had yeah. surgery uh, about mm-hmm. two weeks ago she's doing very well mm-hmm. um she's back to her usual shenanigans again today she has uh-huh. so yeah she's doing good okay good um, good, good, good. But yeah, I feel like I am constantly like it's the middle of May right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I am pretty sure it is still the end of March. So yeah. like I just <laughs> mm-hmm. time, man, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it's weird. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. you had homework. So you had two weeks to do homework. And I had two since, weeks to do homework. Since you weren't busy, like emotionally processing or I doing had nothing else, nothing going else on. going on. I was just sitting around <laughs> having peeled grapes fed to me. Yes. Oh, God, um, I love peeled grapes. I know. Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> uh, yeah. So my homework when I last left y'all um, was spend a week, just one week, actively resisting the temptation to feel ugly and fat mm-hmm. and spend a week, just one week, prioritizing how my body feels over how it looks. And what's really funny is that when I wrote my homework that two weeks ago for the, <laughs> the thing we did two weeks ago, I said just one week, uh-huh. just one week, do this. And then I ended up having to do it for two weeks. 
um, because I didn't record last week. And uh, you, and let me just, I had to end up failing to do it for two weeks uh, <laughs> because I did some of it a little bit. Um, I, I've also discovered that I have like a very strange kind of dysmorphia. I think. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's the right word for it. When I look in the mirror, I see something different every time. Um, mm. And it can be within hours. Within hours, I will look at myself and I will see somebody who is 50 pounds heavier than the person I saw in the mirror like a couple of hours ago. Like I look visibly that much different to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what that says about me but like i literally don't know how i look because i i appear different to myself every time i see myself um so it's one of those things where i just i i i've always known that this is a thing that happens with me but i haven't really consciously thought about it until my homework required <laughs> that i not like, you know, the temptation to feel ugly and fat. And as I say ugly and fat, please let me know that, yes, I am conflating those for me uh, because that is something that is very damaging that is in my psychology. And I cannot lie and say that I don't conflate them for me. I do not conflate them for anybody else, but yeah. I conflate them for me. So as I conflate them, don't take that shit from me. Don't allow it. It's bullshit. It's wrong. But I do apologize for that. That is not true. And it is not something that I should support. But it is you got to meet people where they are. And that is where I'm at. So I'm just oh, going to yeah. let that go. Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, you know, it's it's such a weird thing for me to become consciously aware of during this time where I am actively trying to fight that that vision of myself that first of all, the that being fat makes me less that it makes me, uh, my, that it lessens my value as a human. Like all of that is bullshit that needs to be weeded out at the root. Um, so that was a challenge and that was a failure for me um, or a, or a, a practice, which I need more practice with. Let me there put it you that go. Way. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. Didn't I reframe that? Look you did great. That shit, right? Yeah. And then the other one was uh, spend the time prioritizing how my body feels over how it looks. And I had more success with that. I have been asking myself with Kelly Jones as the voice in my head. <laughs> hey, baby, what do you need? You know, and then trying to meet those needs as best I can and try not to worry about what I should do and just trying to meet the needs of my body. And this is about it's about comfort it's about um uh, listening to my body like i think mm -hmm. i've told the story about how i have a tendon in my foot that's all screwed up because i bought the wrong sneakers and then continued to run in them for like three years because i refused to accept the fact that my body hurt as a reason to get new sneakers like yeah. that the problem was <laughs> me and that because the sneakers didn't work for me i was broken and i needed to just run and be in pain and the thing is like i do enjoy running it's terrible for your knees mm -hmm. it's terrible i do like really enjoy it and i'd like to do it but you know i've got this tendon now in my foot that is just i think permanently fucked because i did that so like my ability to honor my body and to listen to my body and that when my body says hey bitch i hurt Mm -hmm. My job is to get it a new pair of sneakers. Like yeah. um, the idea, like it seems so simple when I look back at it. But the thing is, like my my whole life, 
I have ignored what my body has to say. And what I find really ironic is that after I went through my whole thing about how my body, my body's so good to me and my body never done it. Um, I've been having these, okay, I, I have a benign heart condition, right? And, uh, you know, and it's benign, it's irritating, but it's benign and it's premature ventricular contractions. I had a doctor diagnose it. Um, and basically it's just that my heart gets flippy every now and again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and menopause also creates palpitations. Like you tend to have a lot of palpitations in menopause, something I did not know until I, this started happening to me. So combine the fact that I have a heart that is predisposed to being flippy mm-hmm. um, and then palpitations on top of it, it is like your heart having the hiccups. Oh my God. And it is, it's completely benign and it's really fucking irritating. Like it has been so irritating. So it's calming down. Now. I had a um, a spell like this back in the fall too, and it's fine, you know, um, but it's really, really irritating. And so it comes and it goes and it'll be gone for like 24 hours and I'll be like, okay, it's fine. It's done. And then it'll come back just a little bit. And I'm just like, oh my God, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. It is so irritating. And so, you know, it's funny because we have, I had this whole thing about my body, my body, my body, and I need to listen to my body. And I'm like, all right, so here we go. How does my body feel? My body feels irritated and my heart is all flippy. So what do I do and how do I meet the needs of my body so Mm -hmm. that it stops doing this shit to me? Right. And so I rested and I did the whole like self-care thing and I listened to my body and I did breathing exercises, which are actually really good for calming that down too. Um, breathing exercises and electrolytes. I've drunk a lot of Gatorade. Um, but mostly it's like when I'm exhausted, allow myself to be exhausted and not push myself past the point of being exhausted, which actually is a fairly good segue into what we're going to talk about this week. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so my heart has been all flippy. And I have been trying to listen to it and trying to acknowledge it and honor it and um, do what I can to tend to it so that it shuts the fuck up. And it's been working, but it's just, it's really, really irritating. So um, that is my homework. That is how I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad your heart is okay. And I hope the flippy flippy stops. Yeah. Um, Oh, good Lord, baby. I'm like, what is the easy chapter? When is the yeah? <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. we did we design BSY and leave out the easy? Did we forget? Maybe? I think I think uh, not easy is kind of on the BSY label. I yeah. feel like that was the whole point of BSY was to uh, <laughs> to be challenged by these things. But it's so funny because every time we go into a book, I'm like, I'm not going to be that challenged. It's going to yeah. be fine. It's you know? fine. And, and then we go through it and it's, oh my God, it's so uh-huh. much. But anyway, let's <laughs> talk about you, my darling, oh, my love. God. How was your homework? Well, I was, my homework was to journal about rage because, yeah. I, you know. I heard you on the show last week talking about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, the first thing I had to do was try to figure out the difference between rage and anger. Uh-huh. And the dictionary really let me down. And well, maybe yeah. that's not totally fair. I didn't get quite the clarity I wanted. And so anger was defined as a strong feeling of displeasure and belligerence aroused by a wrong, wrath, and ire. Right? Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rage is defined as angry fury or violent anger. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, so the difference between anger and rage is that rage has violence in it. Interesting. Which is why I push back from this so hard, I think, because verbal violence is a big, strong Mm -hmm. no for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I grew up in that. I have, you know, like it is part of my DNA and Mm -hmm. and it's, it's incredibly disturbing. And I also have a violent temper. I have a temper. Like uh-huh. I would erupt volcanoes if I had the power to do so. Like I, I got a mm-hmm. lot of rage in me, yeah. um, but I have worked very hard to remove violence from my life, from my responses. You know, I can't remove it from my personality because the temper is the temper. But I, I realized that, like I feel okay with. Anger on someone else's behalf. Yes. I feel okay with Uh rage about the world and Uh oppression and abuse of power and bad pedagogy. Like I, (laughs) (laughs) those are, those are comfortable anger and rage spaces for me. Yeah. But rage that is directed at another person. Like a mm-hmm. person I actually know, yeah, is is not it's not a safe emotion. It does not yes. feel okay. Mm-hmm. And and I grew up in a very violent yeah. home, um, but I was taught I was taught very explicitly whenever something went wrong or something happened or I did something wrong or something made me mad that part of that was always my fault. Uh huh. But there, but it's always a if you are mad, mm-hmm. then you have done something wrong. Which is normally if you're feeling angry, it's because you're not grateful. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling angry, it's because you're determined to be miserable, like this. Mm-hmm. Um, righteous anger directed at something else is mm-hmm. fine. That's different. But personal rage. Yeah, I can't like I can't and it's the violent flavor. It's the violence coursing through it. Like, that's the part that I'm because like belligerence, you know, strong displeasure, feeling angry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like like, that's okay, you know, and Mm -hmm. I can rant and feel better. But rage, Mm -hmm. violent fury in me. Mm -hmm. No, no. No, we're in volcano territory (laughs) and it's not, it doesn't feel good and it's not safe. And I don't, how do you moderate that? Like, how do you do that in balance? So I'm just, I'm like, uh, no, mm -mm. it doesn't feel like, I don't know how to engage in it. I don't know what to do about it. So the only thing I really got from the homework is, hey, I don't like this. And rage feels different to me than anger because of the violence that's in it. So I don't know what to do with that, but that's that's where I am. It's interesting. And let me say, as I'm about to start asking you questions as though I have any idea what I'm talking about, I'm terrible with anger myself, um, that I am only allowed to express anger when I'm ranting. Like, I do my rants because they're funny. 
right? right? So it's funny for other people. I get out a little bit of my anger, but it's amusing. Like if I'm angry, I am almost always really funny about me it. Me too. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I see that in you. And it's very, it's really interesting to me because as your best friend, you talk about, I've got this horrible temper and I'm so like, you know, and I... I don't know that I've ever really like felt anger and rage from you. Like, I don't think that I've seen it. I have seen you, you know, there have been people that you have wanted to throw into a volcano, especially yes. on my behalf. And, yes. um, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, so I, I've seen you like, you know, but it is almost always um, funny and it's always calm and controlled. Like you have a controlled anger. Um, but what I find interesting about this, and again, like I very much welcome anybody out there listening who has some clue about this, because I don't, I am definitely um, the clueless, you know, leading the clueless, right, you know, when it comes to anger. Um, but the idea of your anger being too dangerous, right, for you to engage with, feels to me like there's going to be that building up and the fact that the rage thing spoke to you that this is something that jumped out at you when you were doing the reading from last week um makes me think that there's something there that that maybe you need to explore that maybe you need to express but find a way to express it that's not going to harm anybody i mean you are not a violent person you know, like, I don't think that you're going to do anything terribly dangerous or that you're going to hurt anybody. But that finding a way to express that rage and that anger to which, by the way, you're fucking entitled. I have heard your stories and I am enraged on your behalf. <laughs> I want to throw people in volcanoes like you would not believe from the asshole teacher that mocked your writing in front of oh, the furious. <laughs> I have not gotten over that. I have not gotten over that shit. Um, to all of these stories that I, that, you know, that you honor me with telling me, you know, um, the rage and anger to which you are entitled is infinite. It is universe of rage. Um, and when that it goes unexpressed, you know, I feel like there's there's something in there where that violence, then that violence happens, but it becomes an emotional violence to yourself, maybe, um, yeah. as opposed to anything that and, and there are ways, I think. Uh, and again, anybody out there has an idea, uh, let me know, because I don't know. Uh, but I feel like there's got to be a way that you can express that rage. And so like the first line in what you're talking about from your homework was rage journaling, mm -hmm. right? Um, have you written out your rage? Have you allowed your rage to exist in words that you express in words that you write down? No. Okay. No, 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 okay. no. I'm all right, fairly all right, all right. sure it would set the laptop on fire. Um, and it's, it's funny, like my, the, the people who are closest to me now, mm -hmm all kind of have the same observation you do they're like yeah what temper I've never seen you know you in a temper yeah. I have worked very hard to become that way it was right. not <laughs> it was not the case when I was younger oh my god I can't even what um, happened when you were younger and you got angry and expressed your anger what happened to you 
Um, well, when I was a child, it wasn't allowed. Like that was never, okay. ever allowed. Um, and then that never happened. Um, and I was explicitly taught that I was not allowed to be angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then when I was, you know, like a young adult and I was a, a yeller and mm-hmm. and I have, you know, certainly done my fair share of screaming and yelling. I don't I don't like it. I don't like how easily it comes to me. Um, right. So I have I have worked. I mean, this is probably something I have actively focused on for 20 years. Um, Mm -hmm. of really really trying uh, not to let that fuse go off Um, because I it's not who I want to be I don't like it Um, but expressing it and I guess that's where the struggle comes in because if rage is violent anger how do you express that without violence oh words can Words can do it. Like you yeah, can but express like writing it out can do it. Now I, I feel like I know that you've had your privacy yes. you know, violated horribly. And so the idea of writing things down for you, I can see where that would be really because there's no such thing as privacy in your world. There's no such thing as these words not being able to get out and hurt somebody, right? Yeah. Am yeah. I understanding that correctly? Yes. yes. Okay. Um that said, I think that there may be spaces where you can write that out. What I'm what I'm concerned about is that you you have anger and you have righteous fucking anger. So let me just say that. You have a right to be seriously seriously angry. Um and rather than have the withholding of that anger do emotional violence to you inside, which is what I'm reading, and I could be wrong, but that's mm-hmm. what I'm reading into this, and I may I may not be right. But, but if that's the case, um, writing it down, and like you have a little backyard. Can you have a fire pit? Can you write it down on pages and then burn them as a ritual? Um, I, maybe, but that doesn't feel good either. I have been okay. journaling on my laptop. Because it's password protected. And I do feel okay okay with that. Okay. But even verbal violence is as distasteful to me as physical violence is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to do but with is it. But is it violence if nobody sees it? It feels violent when it comes it out of me. It feels violent. It yeah. feels like you. Okay. Because violence yeah. is has that implication of hurting somebody else, right? Yeah. But if nobody else sees it and you just express it. And then you delete it or let it go or whatever, you know, the SFD, right? You yeah. Know, something like that where you don't show it to your right. friend. You don't show it to anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's something that I feel like um, I would, I hate the idea of you feeling, first of all, unsafe to express a genuine emotion because I think that you have a right to those emotions and a right to that expression and releasing that means that it's not within you doing damage, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I also for you as one of my dearest beloveds, right, I want you to know that you are lovable in all forms of Kelly, that you are lovable when you're delightful and wonderful and loving and kind, and you're lovable when you're angry. Um, You know, that there is nothing within you that if I saw it would make me love you any less, you know, even all the anger and the yelling and all that kind of stuff, nothing in the world. 
you know. I appreciate that. Um, so I don't know. It's just something that that I want for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for yeah. you to not carry that because when you when anger goes unexpressed, it's just you carry it. You know. I guess. I mean, I guess that's what happens. It's funny though because like I've even tried the. The creative writing exercise, you know, yeah. like kill a fictional character with like all the violence. I can't even do that. I cannot do it. I can't. I feel so guilty. I can't do it. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, so. finding a safe way to feel that I think would be interesting. And just because this was something that threw you, you know, in the last reading so much, I feel like there's something there. Yeah. I mean, you. it's 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 definitely therapy. Mm-hmm material so yeah it'll be interesting but that's enough because (laughs) that's a lot of homework so how are your reflections you talk how are your reflections i'll talk (laughs) let me see i've talked enough jesus okay um okay so the part from chapter six i mentioned this before connect uh when you were a child who held you when you cried i felt it was a really mean question it was that was a mean (laughs) question uh no one I literally cannot remember being held and this is one of those things that like when you grow up with a childhood a certain way you don't question it until somebody asks you one of these dickhead questions like who held you when you cried like nobody you know right um and maybe when I was very very small uh but as far back as I can remember like I have cried alone and I still do that most of the time, except for apparently when I'm on BSY. When I'm on BSY, <laughs> I cry with all y'all. Um, but it's so funny to me that I cry so much on this podcast because I really try not to. Um, and also, you know, shout out to Noelle for keeping the weeping fires lit at BSY for me. <laughs> Noelle did not cry alone. I listened to that and I was like, <laughs> you know, um, I know, I know they're so dear. And I just, I loved all of the, um, all of the insights they had. And yeah. uh, of course, having Noelle's brilliant voice on this material was just such a wonderful experience for me. I loved it. Um, but I would say mostly this week, or rather the last two weeks, I've been thinking about like letting things go, you know, getting my mother buried was part of that selling my house is going to be part of that getting my kid who had um, her final vaccine shot um, uh, two weeks ago. So she's safe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, that's going to be part of that. Um, Leaving this part of the country, going somewhere else is going to be part of that. Um, And I struggle with finally letting everything go. Again, as I go back to that, like, I still feel like if I just reach hard enough, I can still get to the place between the drop and the breaking of the precious thing, you know, that I talked about a few episodes back. Um, As much as I am trying to let the precious thing break, not that I, not that there's any choice, the precious thing is already fucking broken, but Mm -hmm. I have to release this idea that if I just try a little harder, if I just stretch my fingers a little farther, I can reach back and undo it, you know? And I need to get on with the work of letting it break and then applying the gold, you know, which is the love and the care and healing that teacup, you know. Um, So I think I'm getting closer to that. I am definitely it is definitely what one might call a process. um, But that's kind of, I think, (laughs) where I am with this now. Um, How about you? How are your reflections this week? Oh, God, I was I finally just ended up laughing because I was like, (laughs) all right. 
burnout. We're going to talk about stress cycle. This is going to be great. And yeah. now it, it's just, you know, kicking my ass. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. Let's talk about your body and fatness and being held <laughs> while you cry. And then, oh, how about rage? And then, uh, okay, now let's talk about sleep. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. It is... It is super disconcerting to realize mm-hmm. that two of the major recommendations in this book, cry yeah. it out and get some sleep, are like <laughs> so freaking difficult for me because yeah. crying and falling asleep don't feel safe. And I mean, yeah. crying is the worst. Like I fight uh, tears, actively fight tears mm-hmm. and crying feels like I am losing a battle and I hate yep. every second of it. And then I just end up yep. getting mad. Like, I'm furious yep. if I have to cry. Like, damn it. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sleep? Uh, like, oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Really? Really, book? Like, uh-huh. when I say I have insomnia, everybody mm-hmm. kind of nods. Because everyone has experienced probably a night or so of insomnia, right? So, like, right. it's mm-hmm. a popular word that... You know, we all know what it means, except for me, it has been my entire life. And what that translates to is I can't trust my body. Like this Mm -hmm. body is supposed to want to sleep. Like, yeah, that's supposed to be built into the operating system. And whatever programmer was on duty when that was like (laughs) was obviously on break or like playing you know Mm -hmm. candy crush or something because the wires Mm -hmm. did not get connected um and i i have been an insomniac since i was an infant like yeah as a baby i would sleep in a moving car and the minute Mm -hmm. that the car turned off i would wake back up and (laughs) i'm hyper vigilant at night um Mm -hmm. and when i was a baby my dad worked out of town for weeks at a time and my mom was super super anxious about being home alone so she slept during the day and stayed awake up all night and I was Mm -hmm. on that same schedule with her so like that Mm -hmm. was my normal and I never outgrew it so Mm -hmm. if I could operate on a nocturnal schedule I would sleep fine I could sleep during the day yeah. But I can't sleep at night. I can't relax at night. I can't. Yeah. And I'm a total night owl. So I'm like, mm-hmm. but I was taught to be hypervigilant at night. And then the environment that I grew up in just mm-hmm. fucking enhanced that skill set. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a master. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and I'm like, great. So I can't trust my body because it doesn't want to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then when I do sleep, I either have nightmares, anxiety, dreams, or like, weird and disturbing dreams i have never mm-hmm. had a pleasant dream like that that is as, oh my god you never as, had a barack obama sex dream because never. i fucking recommend it let me tell i would you. love that no <laughs> that has never happened to me um never happened to me i've mm-hmm. never had a pleasant dream and and that feels as fictional to me as like runner's mm-hmm. high like i believe yeah. people mm-hmm. but i've never experienced one ever um mm-hmm. And, and so that means I can't trust my brain mm-hmm. because my body fights sleep and tears and my brain actively torments me why I am helpless and asleep. So, I, like, what the hell? I can't, and I can't control oh, sleep. So God, it's, I feel baby. like I'm like, I, I'm doing everything in this chapter wrong and I also can't fix it. Um, mm-hmm. And I tried to Google, like, 
what's normal for nightmares and bad dreams. And it's so unhelpful because people don't define their terms. Their <laughs> descriptions like often, frequent, and occasional. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, what does that mean? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> what is that? I don't even know. And I didn't realize that it was unusual to struggle with sleep mm-hmm. and bad dreams the way I yeah. always have. I, I probably until I was in my 30s. But people who can just lay down at night and go to sleep and then they wake up and they like feel good. I I have no idea. It's it's insane to me. So the whole reading, I'm like, great. I don't feel guilty for wanting to sleep. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like a human giver who needs to stay. I just can't freaking make my brain go to sleep. Oh, my God, baby. I got to say, like, I, you know, I never had that experience. You know, I had the occasional, like, thing until I was so deep in the trauma. Like, when we were doing BSY season one, yeah, that's where I was. It was nightmares every night. It was, um, I couldn't sleep. It was, it, it sounds like it tracks to your experience that you've had your whole life. You know, and um, I just that's so it's, again, amazing that you are the unbelievably accomplished and brilliant human being that you are, given that, like, what would you do if you could get sleep? <laughs> you would change the fucking world. I mean, my God, you know, yeah. I don't know about that, but maybe I'd be <laughs> maybe I'd be less grumpy. Yeah, my ideal aspirational mm-hmm. self is this wonderful bright morning person and honey i don't mm. yeah no but that's who you are and the thing is that if you're a if you're a night owl you know we need to get you a job you can do at night yeah 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 Yeah. that would anyway that would help yeah yeah so the the reading Mm -hmm. um the reading kicked my ass so you want to talk about the reading (laughs) <laughs> oh, dear God. So we open up, right? What makes you stronger? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we are with this classic, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then they're, they pull out this little gem of like rest. Rest is what makes you stronger. And I'm like, seriously. And the thing is, Kelly, the thing is, I've read this book before. Like, I, I know I did this chapter. <laughs> And yet when I come in, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me with this? Like, as if I'd never seen it before. But when I read it before, I didn't read it critically. I was just like, okay, okay, complete the cycle. Okay, got to sleep. Okay. Like the same way I do with everything else. And then when you start reading it critically, you're like, wait a minute. You know, Uh, so they say rest is quite simply when you stop using a part of you that's worn out, damaged or inflamed so that it has a chance to renew itself. And my response to that was what you stop when things hurt or are tired? Like who has the who has the luxury of being like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm a little tired. I'm going to go rest. Like. I have so much shit to do and like not enough time to do it all. And and so I feel very frustrated by this whole thing. Uh, but then they had rest also includes switching from one type of activity to another. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That I do. Like mm-hmm. I will swap from one to another and then back again. And so is that sort of rest? Um I think that in the same way that I won't buy the pair of sneakers that doesn't actively damage my body, I don't rest just because I'm tired. 
You know, I rest because right now is the time that I have scheduled to rest. Like mm-hmm. now is the time that I am going to go to sleep. Um, and then uh, I came across this line, which was the idea that you can use grit or self-control to stay focused and productive every minute of every day is not merely incorrect. It is gaslighting and it is potentially damaging to your brain. And my response to that is all caps, oh, damn, Whoops, because that is that one sentence. I had to pick one sentence in this book that describes how I live my fucking life. It is grit and self-control and be productive and move forward and get the shit done. And um, so now it, it is like this whole book for me feels like they called it burnout but they could have been like shit Lonnie's not doing right you know like Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit seen in this whole thing about the ways (laughs) in which I am failing once again to do it right um so I would say and not to mention the fact that I was incredibly cranky when I was making my notes because I was doing it late last night I had not Mm -hmm. planned on doing it late last night but because I had so much other shit to do during the day I didn't get to it until late last night um and it was 11 o'clock at night and I was exhausted and I had to get up early because we had to record another podcast earlier this morning and I had of course prepped for that either so I had to prep that in the morning and it just has been like this I was so cranky and I was so tired and here was this book ironically telling me that I needed to rest when the reason why I couldn't rest was because of this book so (laughs) okay that's kind of great (laughs) yeah right yeah I just I, I read the whole I feel like I'm reading a chapter that says if you want to take care of yourself you must be left-handed. Yeah, right. Like, you've been doing it wrong <laughs> your whole life. The secret is you should mm-hmm. be left-handed. And I'm yeah. not left-handed. Mm-hmm. And what the hell am I supposed to do with it? So I mm-hmm. this this I did like them kind of tackling the what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yes. idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and they said, does injury or disease make you stronger? No. Does suffering alone build character? No. Mm-hmm. These things leave you vulnerable to further injury. What makes you stronger is whatever happens to you after you survive the thing that doesn't kill you. What makes you stronger is rest. And I was like, great. I have done all the things the wrong way. That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Right? Like, the second time I had surgery on my arm was a Friday, and I went back to work on Monday, still in bandages and a sling with a pillow under my elbow. Like, oh my God. I couldn't afford to take a bunch of time off. Like, it's not, you know, I'm like, great. I have what, what, what comes after what doesn't kill you is you get back to doing all the shit you have to get done because Because you are still alive. Because the game is fucking rigged is why. (laughs) Because we go back to that. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Who who are these people to whom rest is an option? To whom rest is available? Who are these people? Yeah. I don't know. Nobody I know. Yeah. And I am intrigued by the idea of rest having like physical, mental, and emotional flavors. That's interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause some of that I do better than others, but yeah. then I have questions. So mm-hmm. they give you all these examples of rest, but is reading for pleasure? Is that rest? 
I don't know. Your brain is actively engaged. It's not, it's not the default mode. I'm like, I need this answer. I think of it as restorative. Mm. Uh, You know, that like there are restorative activities that are not necessarily like lying in bed and doing nothing or sleeping. Um, But that, but which it, it, to me, rest is the thing that, that fills your energy well, as opposed to depleting it. Right. Yeah. So I've always kind of looked at it that way. And that's not anything that they defined it as in this chapter. So I don't know if that's correct. But I think that if, if sitting down and reading a book for you restores your energy well, instead of depletes it. I would say that that is the quality that defines rest for me, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Normally, yeah. I listen to an audiobook while I am doing things. Yes. But, and also, I don't want to sit in the, in quiet. So that's a mm-hmm. thing, too. Yeah. But um, I did like this quote from Audre Lorde. Um, Caring yeah. for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. And I'm like, I fucking love that. Hell Yeah. Their Hell quotes yeah. are great. They are. The people they quote are fucking great. I do love their quote game. It's real good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. And and then they get into the idea of this default mode, talking about mm-hmm. daydreaming. And like my definition of daydreaming was different. Um, I would much rather daydream than sleep. Like I'm freaking awesome <laughs> at daydreaming. My imagination <laughs> is fantastic. Like it's great. Uh-huh. Um, but they were saying like when you're resting or when you're and I, I guess it's active rest. It's not necessarily doing nothing. But when you're mm-hmm. in that phase, they said running in the background of your awareness is what neuroscientists call the default mode network, a connection mm-hmm. of linked brain areas that function as a kind of low grade daydreaming when your attention is not focused on a task. When your mind is wandering, your default mode network is online. And I'm like, cool, cool. This mm-hmm. is cool. Like, I like a technology metaphor. I like this idea yeah. of like functions of the brain working together and that like mm-hmm. default, you know, kind of like I'm not actively thinking, but my brain is still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Except I think I feel as much of that time as possible by listening to audiobooks or podcasts or music. Yeah. And I don't know if that kicks me out of mm-hmm. default mode or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they said mental rest is not idleness. It is mm-hmm. the time necessary for your brain to process the world. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, because I don't know what that means. Like, how is my brain processing the world if I'm not actively thinking? I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but I did appreciate this call out of the difference between boredom and default mode. Mm-hmm. Because, like daydreaming or just having time to think or read or whatever like that makes me very happy but boredom is torture oh torture like they talked about sleep being a a form of torture like I could Mm -hmm. withstand that sleep deprivation whatever I'd I'd probably last three or four days I would be okay Mm -hmm. but boredom (laughs) <laughs> no oh god no 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 well, it reminds no me of that dorothy parker i think it's a dorothy parker quote that um curiosity is the cure for boredom um but there is no cure for curiosity <laughs> yes yes oh god yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and most of the time i can entertain myself but like yeah 
if if there was a way to to enforce boredom like i would just kill me just i would just uh-huh. die right. um and i mean like for me the downside of swimming is i can't listen to a book or a podcast for an hour and i also can't like really daydream because there's other mm-hmm. people there and there's a side right. noise and there's you know all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff um so i'm like okay so you you should take a break swap up your activities Mm-hmm. Let your brain do stuff. Um, and then they're talking about active rest, you know, working mm-hmm. one gear while resting the others. And conceptually, that makes sense to me. But I'm I'm scared that it's just different varieties of productivity. Mm-hmm. Like the example of writing fiction while writing nonfiction as a form of rest. I, yeah, I would not have described that as rest. No, that's that's when I noped out hard. Like uh-huh. it took me a little bit to nope out as hard. Um, you know, we start this with this idea: rest makes us more persistent and productive. And I wrote in my notes, "Good to know." I'm writing this at 10 p.m. on Friday night because I had no time during the day to do my notes. Cool, cool, cool. Good. You know. And then we get to active rest. You know. Um, and this is where I got to. You know what I'm not digging about this: the way that they justify rest. Because your brain is still working. Mm, So the mm -hmm. message from that is you can rest because you're still working and your only value is being productive. And you have to justify your rest with that your brain is still working. And Emily wrote a novel while writing this book. And I think that's contradicting their point, you know. Um, The whole point is you should be able to rest just because you need to rest. Like regardless of whether you're more productive when you rest, if you were not more productive when you rest, then, you know, the fact that they feel that they need to justify rest by telling you that it will make you more productive um, feels like a counter message. You know, it feels like the like the wrong thing. It should be you need to rest. So fucking rest, like make yourself that time. And then you don't have to pay for that rest with excessive productivity. You know, mm-hmm. the idea that Emily wrote a novel while writing the nonfiction book. I have written both novels and nonfiction books. I'm going to tell you right now, nonfiction is harder and <laughs> fiction is hard, but nonfiction is killing me. Um, but this idea that like that's OK, so that's rest. If I do something else also productive during the time. I found that whole thing to be so counterproductive toward the argument that I thought that they were making, which is your body needs rest. Baby, what do you need? I need a nap. Okay, you get a nap just because you need it. Mm-hmm. And here we are with all of this. And I appreciate the default mode and the science and all of this kind of stuff. I appreciate that rest has benefits, you know. But the idea that we have to justify the rest by talking about all of the benefits to productivity makes me feel like I got nothing from yeah. this. You yeah. know, it makes me feel like I'm just right back at that at that place where I have to justify anything that I do for myself. It has to benefit somebody aside from me in mm-hmm. order to be, you know, okay. And like, and I think that the reason why they do that is because, um, because sometimes that is the only reason why we'll rest. Yeah. You know, because we know we're putting the oxygen mask on ourselves so that we can put it on somebody else, right? Not just because we need to breathe and that's important, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, there's something about that that just really struck me, you know, hit me the wrong way. And again, could have been because it was late on a Friday night and I was fucking tired when I did my notes for this. Yeah, me too. And me too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they hit us with sleep. And Mm -hmm. so like, my therapist and I have had this conversation and she laughs because I am very funny when I do this rant, like I will say, I'm very funny. But sleep is stupid. Like, how? How? Why? We're human beings designed with a need to sleep every day. It is a period of actual paralysis and hallucinations (laughs) in a world where there are like bears and like how is this a good idea like it is not a good idea and my therapist is like well you know being angry at the human design is not going to help you sleep and there's not like a complaint department like you can't file an objection to this like yeah you have to sleep it's so stupid it's so stupid Mm -hmm. so like i just don't get it i don't i (laughs) i object on philosophical grounds that it makes (laughs) no sense you're rejecting the whole premise (laughs) of sleep exactly it's so dumb I don't know what the writers were thinking. I don't know. It it makes no sense. So, Mm -hmm. but you know, all of the science in here about sleep, like I do recognize is true. You know, Mm -hmm. like they say, learning is not complete without sleep. Your memories consolidate and new information is integrated into existing Mm -hmm. knowledge. I know that's true. Uh, The irony of that is every time someone asks me, how did you get a PhD as a single mom with a full-time job? My answer is I didn't sleep. For four years, uh, which yeah. is the truth. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and they said, you know, when they, they had that French uh, idiom quote, when you are broken, go to bed. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great, except sleeping feels like punishment to me because mm-hmm. it is so anxious and so full of bad dreams. So that's not helpful. Yeah. And sleeping less than six hours a night for two weeks is like going to kill you. <laughs> and that is my normal it's like, that been is, 40 years <laughs> yeah like i'm like great this explains yeah. so much uh. <laughs> that fundamental like inner mm-hmm. broken soul what is wrong with me the answer is <laughs> bitch you ain't sleeping so like <laughs> at least i have an explanation <laughs> they said oh, you know god Sleep is medicine. If you make only one change in your life after reading this book, let it be getting more sleep. Uh-huh. And I'm like, great, fine. Mm-hmm. Tell me how. Because right, I have not been on the planet for 43 years without wondering, oh, gee, I wonder if there are things that would help me sleep. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> if it exists, I have tried yeah. it. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Um, I do think it's interesting that like if they had to pick one thing from this whole book, it would be yeah. getting more sleep. Mm-hmm. And and I did feel this when they were talking about like, okay, so like, for example, last night, mm-hmm. after two weeks of terrible sleep, I slept seven and a half hours, which is great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Except today, I am so exhausted that I don't know what to do with myself. Mm-hmm. Like sleeping more makes me feel more tired. But they, so like this, they they were saying when that happens, it's because adrenaline is no longer masking your fatigue. And I'm like, huh. Right. Mm-hmm. That also explains a lot. <laughs> 
I get it. I get it. But yeah, the thing that I found really interesting, like there are very few times that me and the medieval theologians like see eye to eye. Right. That doesn't uh, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't we don't travel in the same circles. Mm-hmm. But I really did appreciate this quote where they said medieval theologians believed humans need for sleep was a divine punishment for the fall of man and a daily reminder to mankind of their sinfulness, weakness, and imperfection. And Mm -hmm. I don't know when I internalized that idea. I don't remember being explicitly taught that, but Mm -hmm. it felt true when I read it. Mm -hmm. So like that was kind of interesting. Um, But then we got to the fact that you should spend 42% of your life in some kind Mm -hmm. of rest. And I said, Oh, you know what? Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Like I can't even do this anymore. Holy shit. I can't fill out a 24-7 calendar. Oh, you know, you know, I, I yeah. like rest matters because you matter. Yes, mm-hmm. I believe that. But 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 come on. Like, come on. I'm not refusing to hit a sleep button <laughs> at night. I am willing. I can't do it. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I can only begin to imagine how frustrating this chapter must have been for you because it was frustrating <laughs> for me. And I can actually sleep. Like I go, when I decide I'm going to go to sleep, five minutes later, I'm out. Now that has not been the case for most of my life. That is very recent. So I'm enjoying that and I'm allowing myself that sleep. But I wake up in six and a half hours and I'm like, I just want seven hours. I just want seven (laughs) hours of sleep. And I wake up automatically at six and a half hours. The sun comes up and that's it. You know, so I've just, I've got to figure out either I go to try to go to bed earlier and see if maybe I can get more sleep that way. Um, So yeah, so I mean, I'm six and a half hours, which I feel like maybe a little bit short. Um, but one of the things, though, that like uh, just infuriated me and not because of the doctors Nagoski, but because of life and shit, that poor sleep is a better predictor of type two diabetes than lack of physical activity, which made my brain explode. And I'm so angry because when we talk about fat hate and we talk about all of that stuff, everybody's like, oh, no, you're going to get diabetes. And like, bitch, you don't sleep. You're going to get diabetes. <laughs> Shut up. You know, and like that in itself is the unfairness of that and the idea that we hear we we lionize people who don't sleep the I'll sleep when I'm dead is some kind of virtue you know Mm -hmm. um and then that that is actually the health trolling that we do just so that we can hate people um is actually more applicable to the lack of sleep and we lionize the lack of sleep oh my fucking god it just made my I was so angry last night I had a lot of anger I was so cranky last night I really was (laughs) and it's all in my notes um, the idea that adequate sleep is immoral, mm-hmm. um, and the idea that, the, and, which brings me back again to the body, that there's some food, like the idea that some foods are moral and some foods are not like all of this makes me so angry because we have been doused in this fucking poisonous culture. We've been constantly dipped in and baptized in bullshit mm-hmm. forever. And then here it is, you know, it just, it makes me so mad if you really care about anybody's health give them a pillow and a dark room you know (laughs) and shut the fuck up about their weight um okay so 42 percent or 10 hours 
of every day should be spent resting. And let's not forget their idea of resting is writing a novel. So whatever, um, you know, if you don't take the 42%, the 42% will take you. I have said that about the crash. Like yes. we've talked a little bit about the crash, right? Yes. Um, and the crash, I, I don't know if I've talked about it here, but the crash is basically this thing, this, this phenomenon that I have discovered in my life that every time I put a lot of energy into something um, for an extended period of time, it ends up as soon as I'm done, I'm convinced that I'm deathly ill with the next plague and that I'm going to die, right? I'm so exhausted. And then I just go to bed for a couple of days and then I'm fine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I have realized that it is it is the crash, that you borrow against energy from the future to get through the now. And then eventually that bill comes due as soon as that pressure is off, as soon as the final is done, as soon as the paper is handed in, as soon as the book is, you know, out to the editor. Um, that's when, you know, everything for me, like I end up having this crash and, you know, and one of the things that I, I have recently realized is that I'm so exhausted now, two weeks after the last person in my family got their last shot, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I feel this incredible sense of relief that I have been, you know, kind of holding my breath for the last year and a half because, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I don't want I didn't want anything to happen to my kids. If something happened to me, I was like, eh, you know, I had a good run, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like I don't want anything to happen to my kids. I do not want to like I can't handle that. I can't handle anything happening to these kids. Um, and that is, I think, the thing that terrifies me the most. So the the feeling of complete and utter exhaustion that I've had over the last week, you know, since, and I track it to the day, to two weeks to the day. I didn't even realize it consciously, but yeah. two weeks to the day since she got her second shot, I suddenly felt like this letdown, you know, like mm -hmm. this, oh my God, this hypervigilance, this, this way that I have been like cleaning things with Clorox bleach wipes and like everything for so long and not leaving the house and never going anywhere, never doing anything as part of my social contract to protect not just myself and my family, but others, you know, definitely part of that. But I mean, the big motivator for me is if anything happens to this kid, you know, and she came home for spring break and just never left 2020, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and so I have been responsible. I have felt responsible, you know, for like making sure that she doesn't get this thing. And now I'm in crash and I'm fucking exhausted. Um, so when, if you don't take the 42%, the 42% will take you when they say that I'm like, Oh yeah, I know. I yeah. know. I understand that entirely. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I did appreciate them pointing out because when I first read it, I read it as you're supposed to sleep for 10 hours. Oh, yeah. And I was mm -hmm. like, just just take away my human card right now. Like I give up. <laughs> I give up. I will hand it over. Whatever. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. you know, they were saying, really, it's about sleep, food, mm -hmm. uh, social interactions and movement. So they're actually counting exercise in the rest yes. bucket. Mm -hmm. which I, you know I did think was interesting so I'm like I think you're right it's more about things that are restorative yeah when I think of rest I think of not having to do anything like it, it yes. means getting to be still yeah and that's not exactly the definition that they're working with here I don't think so I think yeah. they're working with restoration I think so too I think so too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that like, yeah, the idea of 10 hours a day, but then they're like, you know, 30 minutes can be paying attention to your food. 
mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. Jeez, if there is anything in the world that I hate more than food and thinking about food and trying to plan for food and where am I going to get food and going grocery shopping and all that stuff. I hate thinking about food that is not restorative, that is not going in my ideal 24-hour calendar, which I also couldn't do because just the thought made me so tired last night. I could not even... <laughs> I looked at their ideal calendar and their real calendar and I was like, oh, nope, hard fucking pass. I I cannot like me scheduling my life even more than I already schedule it. And right? I just schedule it now with the shit that I have to do. Yeah. Like for me to have a calendar full of stuff that's supposed to be quote unquote restorative. And these are the 30 minutes when I contemplate asparagus. No. <laughs> Done. I would have to no. complete the stress cycle from trying to remember the from calendar. Tr- right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I understand those exercises may be valuable for other humans. And God bless you if you are one of those humans. I am not one of those humans. Um, but they also said something that I liked, which was judging your need for rest is the slow leak that drains the effectiveness of the rest that you get. And I definitely can can feel that. Um, and then they came at me with, you can't spell resist without rest. This, there's no I in team bullshit. Like, I, you know, I don't know, those, those cute little, like, spelling things when we're talking about conceptual stuff, I always get really annoyed with that. Um, and then again, okay, so now I'm only allowed to rest if I justify it because it allows me to resist. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, you are giving me the very message message of the shit you're trying to undo. Um, you know, and then they come at me with our culture treats you as if being productive is the most important measure of your worth as if you are a consumable good. And I'm like, baby, you just spent a whole chapter justifying that mindset. Um, so yeah, I, I was so, I'm so sorry. I was so cranky last night and maybe, <laughs> maybe this chapter is better. It probably is better and more valuable than I'm giving it credit for. But I was just so tired and I still am tired just thinking about how tired I was last night while I was reading this book about how I have to get more rest. Um, (laughs) Most of us have spent, this is a quote, most of us have spent our whole lives being taught to believe everyone else's opinions about our bodies rather than to believe what our own bodies are trying to tell us. And to that, I say, Dr. Snagoski, hallelujah. There you go. Absolutely true. I absolutely am on board with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was very funny to read this chapter, which again, mm-hmm. I have read before. I know, right? <laughs> this is the thing. Every week I come in here like, oh my God, did you see this shit? As yeah. if I hadn't seen it before, as if I didn't read it before we made the decision to do this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No. Well, and I think like if if I was guilting myself out of sleep, if I was beating myself up for not being, then mm-hmm. yes, this would be very helpful because they are right. right. Like all the research around how important sleep is, is absolutely accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I have fallen down a staircase and did much damage to myself after being awake mm-hmm. for 48 hours. Like, it is oh not my God. good. It is oh, not baby. good. Um, you know, and, and so like, I'm not arguing with any of it, but I don't know how to do the, I don't know how to follow the advice that I very much want to follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you can't make yourself fall asleep. Like now some of the other stuff, thinking about movement as rest, like that's very Mm -hmm. interesting and crunchy. Yeah. I, Mm -hmm. I have not thought about that. You know, thinking of like a connected conversation as rest Mm 
thinking about nourishing your body as a form of rest like that it, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting way to reframe some yes. of those things mm-hmm. to be like okay well that is restful activity or that is mm-hmm. active rest and sleep yeah. is part of that but not all of it so like there are things I can do a better job of mm-hmm. without sleep except according to this chapter I'm not actually functioning at all and so whatever it's great <laughs> <laughs> all right so what was your aha moment I, I was really impressed with them saying if you make only one mm-hmm. change in your life after reading this book let it be getting more sleep yeah um mm-hmm. because I know I have to figure something out like I, yeah. you know because it, I have to but I, I just honestly don't know how mm-hmm. um but if it's that important to them I do appreciate that because I think they're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what about you? What was your big idea? I cheated. I just complained about how it was ironic <laughs> that I was really tired and wanted to get sleep, but I couldn't because of this book. And I guess that's my aha moment because whatever. <laughs> um, I I was a little salty last night. Mm-hmm. I was a little salty about it. So what was your strong challenge? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, rest is the first step to listening to and believing your body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, great. My body thinks sleep is dangerous and dreams are opportunity to torment me. So fantastic. Yeah, uh, exactly. If I listen to my body, I will sleep even less than I do now. Oh my God, baby. That's I don't know what to so do with that. hard. Look, I'm going to have a moment here with you where uh, completely out of character for me, I'm going to deliberately not fix anything because I'm <laughs> sitting here. You know me, right? I cannot like, okay, everybody out there, um, this is the thing about me. I am terrible at the hear my pain and just listen to me and say that's terrible and be empathetic. I will try to fix everything. It drives my kids crazy because they're adults now and they're like, I don't need you to fix things. I just want to complain about something. Um, So I am going to practice my thing where I'm like, but maybe you could go and get a CPAP or talk to do a sleep study or like, no, 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 no. I am so sorry that that is your experience. You deserve better than that. That totally fucking sucks. And I can understand how incredibly frustrating it must be to be told that the one thing that you need to do is the one thing that you can't do and that you just have to get over your guilt, which you don't have. That's got to be so incredibly (laughs) frustrating. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, oh, I should feel guilty and I don't. And I should listen to my body and my body's very confused. Like it's and your not body doing is right. confused. Yeah. 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 So I, I feel like I'm failing at the chapter and I'm like, oh my God. So yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not failing at anything. You just got fucking screwed, you know? Thank you. And your body, like I love your body because your body keeps you alive. And Thank I you. appreciate that your body does that. Um, But, uh, but yeah, like that sucks and i hope that somehow some miracle happens and it changes you know me too that, you me know, too. that something yeah. happens to break that open for you me because it too. would be lovely if you could sleep although i cannot even imagine how powerful you would be because if this is you <laughs> on no sleep i can't even imagine the kind of stuff that you would do um for me the strong challenge was uh, just i just really f- go up hard against this justification for rest by the more productive you'll be able to be, the more you'll be able to resist. Um, No, like, I think that you should rest because you deserve it. You should rest because it's good for you. You should rest because you need it and it's okay to need it. Um, And it's okay to rest just for rest's sake. 
um, and that you don't have to be super productive unless you have a podcast that you have to do the next morning. <laughs> your notes for it. So what is your yes now? What is your action or homework for this week? Um, I think I'm going to repeat the journaling exercise that I did about rage, except do it about sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, because I talk a lot about how frustrated I am about not being able to sleep. But I don't know that I have written out all the reasons why sleep doesn't feel safe like you know like i don't know emotional processing or some shit Um, (laughs) 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 yay for growth and development Uh, look at us i know we're so good We're such an example for everybody listening to us. No, 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 no. If you can't be a good example, be a horrible horrible warning. warning. And I just want everybody to know I am your horrible warning. Oh, me too, girl. (laughs) Me too. I'm right there with you. It's great. It's Mm -hmm. great. So what's your homework going to be? I don't know. Sleep, I guess. Um, (laughs) I think that I'm going to try to be conscious of my sleep and my rest. I, I tend to do this. I push myself until I cannot go another minute. And then I stare dead eyed into my phone while I play, you know, like Angry Birds or whatever, you know. Um, So I think that I I want to be more conscious and proactive with my rest, that I, I make the time, I'm not going to schedule 24 hours and spend 30 minutes staring at a grilled cheese sandwich and contemplating it. I think that's dumb. Um, pardon me, Dr. Nagoski. I apologize. I am cranky because uh, I didn't sleep. Um, but that so that I don't get into a situation where I it's, you know, midnight on Friday and I'm doing the stuff that I needed to do earlier in the week to make sure that I set aside the time for my work and I set aside the time for my sleep and that when there's too much work, I make less work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's the thing that I need to do is like really kind of honor and defend my rest in all of its forms. I like that. I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so what's your favorite part? So I didn't talk about this in the notes, but they mm-hmm. there was a section in here about getting by versus growing strong. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really like this because I am the crowned queen mm-hmm. of getting by. I, yeah. I am the, I mean, ask me how, baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is mastery and expertise uh-huh. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get by on four yep. hours of sleep. I know yep. I can. I can mm-hmm. get by, you know, driving for hours and hours and hours. I can get by without eating most of the day. I can get, I cannot get by without coffee. Yeah. There are, there are limits. Um. <laughs> But I can get by. I can get by with 18 years of single parenting without child support. Mm-hmm. I will get by. Um, mm-hmm. But that is very different than growing stronger. And and I think about, like, how I want to live my life and who, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of person I want to be. Like, I think about those things a lot. Yeah. I don't know that I really think about what it means to grow stronger. And, like, yeah. what that would actually look like in my life and in my body. Um, mm-hmm. so I was very intrigued by that. So that is my favorite part. What about you? I like it. Um, I think I liked the part 
where most of us have spent our whole lives being taught to believe everyone else's opinions about our bodies rather than to believe what our own bodies are trying to tell us. Yeah. I feel like that's really valuable. Um, and that is definitely something that I am super guilty of in a million different ways. Um which I think is a valuable thing for me to be able to take away from this reading and really kind of try to interrupt that automated thought process that worries about whether I look fat to somebody else, but doesn't worry about where I hurt yeah, and where I'm tired, mm-hmm. you know, and where I'm hungry. I'm as we're recording this at 3.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday, I realize I haven't eaten anything today. Yeah. I forgot to eat, you know, Um, I'm running on one cup of coffee and just a lot of piss and vinegar, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's a a, I need that reminder to listen to my body, to be good to my body, to do for my body and understand that my body is really trying to help me. Yeah. You know, just trying to help me out. Yeah. Um, and is is a partner in this rather than an adversary. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you have to go eat and rest um and i hope everyone listening is better rested than we are today because the irony of this chapter on this date was kind of hilarious so Mm -hmm. to join in the discussion on twitter follow lonnie at lonnie down rich and me at dr kelly jones and use the hashtag big strong yes also be sure to follow chippersh media at chippersh to stay connected with all of our podcasts you can find out more about the doctors nagowski and burnout at burnoutbook.net Patreon supporters are getting exclusive content like Let's Watch Roulette, where Ian Martin from Passion of the Nerd and I react to a randomly chosen movie or TV show for $5 and up supporters, while $10 and up supporters get to attend show recordings live. We get a whole bunch of them right here, right now, and it has been loads of fun. We've also got a new stretch goal on Patreon. Once we hit 500 subscribers, we're in the mid 400s right now. We'll unlock the monthly chip chat, and I will host a private one-hour Zoom call open to every supporter to talk about whatever and my cat that's always meowing in the background that we try to edit out but don't always successfully get will also be there so you guys can (laughs) say hi to zoe the podcat um so if you have not pledged your support yet now is the time speaking of supporters this episode of big strong yes was brought to you by the chipperish media producers who support us on patreon at the power producer level these people are the reason why big strong yes is coming to you free and ad free right now so thank you to abby alice christina erica jonathan kevin Kristen, rose sarah shelly stephania and stephanie and this week's special message for our power producers paraphrased from audrey lord <laughs> Caring for yourself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. We will be back next time with Chapter 8, Grow Mighty. Until then, today's closing quote is from Cheryl Strayed. You don't have a right to the cards you believe you should have been dealt. You have an obligation to play the hell out of the ones you're holding. <laughs>